Thursday and leave it up to my man Patrick to come up with a theme when I didn't even think there was a theme. The King theme. We celebrated the birthday of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, we had MLK Day and uh, we also yesterday we had uh, for our midweek movie music edition of All Don't Lie, the original Kings of Comedy. Um, turns out my man Hard guessed it on the very first song yesterday. He just wasn't here. Uh, but <laughs> He did, he did, he did though. I did do he it. Give you your props, you I did. did that. He wasn't here, he's a little under the weather. Thank God he's not, he's feeling much better. Yeah. He's back with us, uh, and things are a whole lot better when my man Harge is back in the seat. Uh, you can follow him via Twitter at Hardball Harge. My man, the ideal you know, Patrick Davis said is Patrick Davis. I'm at Rod Davis. I will say, I always love, I, I love, uh, Themes where I can play stuff like Beatles and Tom Petty along with Run DMC and Kendrick Lamar and just. Keep it separate. We just keep it everywhere. And yep, who was this? Yep. That's Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick. That was good. That was yeah, good. Yeah, I actually have, I'm not even familiar with that Kendrick Lamar. That's pretty good. I like that. And that that's, that's not even sound. It sounds like I'm a great with Horace. That's more yeah. like a Bruno Mars. I thought Mars. it was Bruno Mars. That was in a the weird beginning. little, yeah. yeah, that's a very strange uh, tone from my man uh, Kendrick Lamar, but I'm a fan. And I agree with Patrick. That, that, that very eclectic mix uh, for this theme, I don't know if you could get this this group together. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like Roger kind of Miller, the police were in there. <laughs> a lot of different stuff. Yeah, well, no it's doubt. perfect because Kendrick Lamar. The police, they all go together. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well done. Uh, okay, let's get to a couple of NFL news notes and nuggets, gentlemen. Uh, let's start with Aaron Rodgers. How about we start there? Yeah, please. Because Aaron Rodgers is at it again, and he, he doesn't waste any time. As soon as his season is over, Aaron Rodgers is on some podcast or he's on some show. Yeah. Uh, he's talking to some journalist and telling them exactly how he feels. And and these days, he gets deep into his emotions, especially after the ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he says he's he's going to do the ayahuasca again. He says I'm going to I'm going to do the ayahuasca it's again. My off season. He loved, yeah, he he loved that the uh, the the soulful journey it took him on, and I'm, I'm props to him for that. But he was recently, I think it's on the Pat McAfee podcast. Mm-hmm. It's not a pod, it is a podcast, but it's also a show too. Uh, but he was on with Pat McAfee, and this was the quote that got everybody a little amped up. He said, "Quote." I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. Right situation is that Green Bay or somewhere else? I'm not sure. It's got to be both sides actually wanting to work together moving forward, and I think there's more conversation to be had. Didn't they just sign him to an extension? That's what I don't get. After he did the exact same thing last the last offseason, I think he's like, some women are like this. They just like to play hard to get even after you actually get them. We're supposed to be in a relationship. Why are you still playing hard to get? I'm like, thought, don't we go together? I, think, I thought we were together. <laughs> Why am I still chasing you? Right. Am I still playing these games? I thought we had already decided that we was together. That's how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. He, he's always playing hard to get even when the team thinks they already got him. What's the Packers do? But, but, which is crazy to me. But the biggest part of that story was that, and I hope that, you know, there was other questions that were asked prior to that that led him to that to that statement. Mm-hmm. But why does it have to be about the MVP? Why can't it be about I think I can lead whatever team I'm with to a championship? Because you've got all these MVPs, but you don't have us. You have one Super Bowl. You've been the best quarterback in the league during that time, but you have not gotten your team to the Super Bowl. 
since that one year in what didn't they win it in Dallas or something like that? Yeah, I think were, that's what they were a wild card. I think too, right? They won it. And they ended up winning it in Dallas. Mm-hmm. That was the ice Super Bowl where oh, it was right. freezing in, in great Dallas. Great point. You are right about that. And ever yeah. since then, you haven't done anything. You haven't done what we would think an MVP should be doing. Go back and look at what Tom Brady did during his MVP runs. Hmm. He was winning championships. Titles. That is what it's all about. And even Gronk even came out and said, bro, why is, this, why is it about the, the MVPs? You should be thinking championship. Championships are five times better than an MVP. Because people remember you as a champion. Well, it's yeah, a team it, award. It's a t- yes. Instead of a individual it's an individual. Award. You're talking about individual yeah. achievements. You're not talking about I'm going to do everything I can to get my next team, even mm-hmm. if it is the Green Bay Packers. Who, to your point, Rod, paid them a lot of money, ton of money. To now, you're going to be saying wherever I go, I think I can win an MVP. No, bro. It should be about championships. It should be about taking your team to the finish line. Because everybody signs up for it. Not everybody signs up to be the MVP. Everybody wants to play to be a champion, though. Amen, brother. When I walk into the room, I want to be recognized as Super Bowl champion multiple times. Mike Harge. Not, I'm Aaron. I'm Mike Harge. I got multiple mm-hmm. MVPs. Yeah. But what did your team do, Aaron? Oh, nothing. We lost in the yeah. first round. We didn't even, we didn't even make the playoffs this year. I will say, those are not mutually exclusive things. You can't say, hey, man, I'd love to compete for a championship, and I think I could win another MVP. Put it in the same sentence then. He did say it in the interview. He, I will say he did say he didn't want to win. He didn't want to, still want to win. Oh, okay. He just it, – That's why I said it's, I hope he did No, say no, that. he did. He, it just – it's not – he when he said MVP, it's a better quote to take. But he does say it, And but he is this guy. He Aaron Rodgers has always been the guy that is, if I do my part, then, then I did my part. Yeah. So the rest of you are the who's who lost the Super Bowl. I didn't lose the Super Bowl. I won MVP. I did my job. I threw the ball. Y'all didn't do yours. He's always been that, which is not a great team leader. Not at all. But we saw, and I mean, he somehow made, willed the Packers to the, or they willed themselves to the playoffs this year mm-hmm. when he said, no, I think we're still good. We can still do it. And everybody goes, you're out of your mind, Aaron Rodgers. And he got back. Now, once you get to the playoffs and you have to, you know, run the ball into the end zone and maybe take another hit, that's where Aaron Rodgers steps <laughs> yeah, back from selfishly. it. But, yeah, I mean, and I think the the whole concept with the Packers is he's going to go back in that room and go, are you guys going to actually go out and try and get some guys on offense or are you just going to do the same thing you do every year, which is tell me you are, and then not really do it. And then it's like, well, then just send me somewhere else like because you don't want me here either. Right. You know what they need to do? Bring back Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> yeah, There's I know it sounds crazy, that. but no, that yeah, doesn't sound man, that I know crazy. it sounds crazy, but bring him back. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers likes the guy. Bring him yep. on back, yep. and maybe you can try to conjure up some of that old magic. But yeah, I mean, he even talks about how in the interview he talks about how he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. Uh, a reload is fine. He talks about some of the guys he like to see come back who are glue guys. So he brings up the Packers a little bit. But uh, yeah, I do think it's in his nature naturally that Aaron Rodgers he's got a little he's he's a bit of a me guy. He's got some me guy in him. Nothing wrong with that. All yeah. right, he's got some me guy in him. Um, but we know that he's also an, an extraordinary generational. talent. Talent. And yeah, he's right. He can go somewhere and in, win an MVP, but he also can go somewhere and win a championship too. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the breakup between he and the Packers, 
you know, at one point, it's inevitable. It's, quarter, it's part of the quarterback circle of life. Yeah, at one point, you're going to go somewhere like Tom Brady did, um, and at the in the twilight of your career, um, you're probably going to end your career uh, in another place. Um, and I, I, the old Seinfeld quote is, breaking up is like knocking over a Coke machine. You can't do it in one push. you got to rock it back and forth a few times before it goes over. Yep. I feel like... He's this. We're in the rocking process of with him and the Packers. I feel like they're he's rocking this thing back and forth every offseason because he basically wants to go over. And sooner or later, mm. it's gonna end up. You, you end up pushing over this Coke machine, and it's gonna be over. I just mm. don't know what offseason the Packers are gonna decide. All right, man, we're done. Okay, right. You got your wish. You can go. Yeah. Like go wherever you want to go. We'll trade you. We'll cut you. Whatever you want. But we're tired of it every offseason. You playing hard to get, and us having to chase you and re-recruit you and woo every, you every offseason. Season. It's like, are you with us or are you out? You're no, trying I, to get an NIL deal. Exactly. <laughs> and I think there's part of it, too, with Aaron Rodgers where he's like, he's like, yeah, I want to break up. And they go, cool. And they go, we keep the house in the car. And he's like, all right, well, maybe I, we don't need to break up right now because they're going, we'll trade you. We want two first and we want that. And he goes, well, I don't want to go to a team you're giving up everything. Exactly. I want to go to a team that win a championship and win an MVP. And you all want to take everything when I – like, yeah. no, you can't take everything from my new house. Yeah, it ain't happening, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think, like I said, I, I don't think There's going to be some furniture moving up in yeah, here. I don't think it's this offseason, but it seems like he is put, either positioning his way to retire or get away. And I don't think he wants to retire. I think he wants to go somewhere else and give it another shot, especially after watching Brady. Well, because isn't his contract up after this year, right? Yeah, he's got the two, like, yeah, the extensions, the, the short-term extensions. And extension. so I think that that could be the point where if it doesn't happen this offseason, which it doesn't look likely to happen, mm. just because I don't think anybody's going to give up a lot for him and take on that massive contract and everything else, knowing it all that's bad. And there's only a couple teams that could. And again, that's the Raiders and like teams that may be willing to go, hey, we're all in on a quarterback this year. Yep. But I, I don't know if there's a bunch that would just go like, yeah, we'll just wait one more year. Why don't we just wait one? Okay. And then like, if we still need you, we'll call you. But I, we're going to have to give up a pick. So we're giving up our future. And a ton of money to maybe win now. Yeah, and Texter points out makes a good point. He has a no trade clause. I think he's right about that. You know, yeah, but that's he can pick and choose where he, he goes. Pick like, and choose where he goes. So, like yeah. you're not you're not trading for him if he doesn't want to play there because he'll retire. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, he like he, he's, he's got, got a no trade, and I mean he's got a no play clause in his in his mind. With the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> no trade clause in contract, no play clause in his mind. So <laughs> yes. He's, he's got all the leverage. <laughs> no play clause. Well, like done. That. well done, Patrick. Well said. Uh, okay, moving on from Aaron Rodgers and the rumor mill there. Uh, let's talk about something uh, a little bit more substantive that is definitely coming this offseason, gentlemen. We got contract extensions happening for uh, the some of the young superstars in the NFL. First time they will be available to be extended. And Justin Jefferson. Jefferson is one, and Joe Burrow. Let's start with Justin Jefferson, mm. who set NFL records in his first three seasons with 324 receptions, 4,825 yards, 25 touchdowns. It is the best start to a three-year career for a receiver in the history of the NFL. And we know that inflation recently hit the wide receiver market. And now you have, I'll get the numbers, you have you have like 20, no, maybe it's like 12 to 15 receivers now making upwards of $20 million or more. Oh, sorry, now I have 13 receivers making $20 million or more. Mm. Um, and you had 10 receivers sign extensions worth $20-plus million uh, in the recent like calendar year of the NFL. Uh, so we know inflation has hit the wide receiver market, and Justin Jefferson is going to take huge advantage of that. So 
I don't know how much he's going to get paid. Right now, the highest paid receiver is Tyreek Hill at four years, $120 million. He got $72 million guaranteed. That's the starting point for Justin Jefferson. Mm. That's, some, that's some – look, a wide receiver set in the market like that and for what he's become for the Minnesota Vikings. But the biggest question is, do the Vikings have that type of money to pay him? They better. If they don't, he's gone. And you think about – Kirk Cousins and his contract and how he was betting on himself each year. But Justin Jefferson is a difference maker. Like, mm. he changes the way that defenses has to be played. He changes the way that game plans are formulated. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a big-time wide receiver. But my question to you, Rod, is you've been talking about this. The wide receiver market is something that is out there with – a bunch of people, there's wide receiver depth all over the place. It is. I think it's the deepest position in football at any level. But like I said, strangely enough, it's not following this, the law of supply and demand. Correct. You would think <clears throat> with more supply coming via college, it is, it's is. it been true. It's been st- over and over again. I, I can give you the numbers, uh, but you go look at it. Last year, 2022, you had 17 wide receivers drafted in the first three rounds. Right. You, know, you also had... 17 receivers drafted in the first three rounds of 2020. And those receivers are playing really well, by the way. Chris Olave, mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, they're balling out of control, these young receivers. And so receivers are getting – there are more receivers being drafted um, and, and more receivers being drafted higher in the NFL draft. And also those receivers are more productive earlier on in their NFL careers. All of those stats, those trends would point to not – Paying <laughs> right. a receiver right. big time money, not overpaying for a receiver. That's the supply, you know, the law of supply and demand. You got so much supply that it should kind of drop the value of these receivers down a little bit. But that's not happening. Actually, the, the value is starting to become inflated. So you got the a more of a supply of receivers than you ever had before. You have more quality receivers than you ever had before. You have uh, more young receivers making an impact earlier than you've ever had before. And yet the value, the price of receivers has never been higher. None of that makes sense. That is not following the laws of economics. It does not make any <laughs> sense at all. So I don't even know how to really describe it for you, but it's not stopping anytime soon. Well, don't forget, Christian Kirk started this whole monopoly with the wide receiver position. Mm -hmm. And we all looked at each other like, what in the world is happening that Christian Kirk is getting that amount of money? He went out and earned that contract. He played well this year. But Justin Jefferson was way better than Christian Kirk from the jump. So for him to ask for this much money or for him to go out and try to set the market for the wide receiver position, you're going to have to come up off something to make sure that that dude doesn't go anywhere else because somebody's going to pay him. And you know who's la- going to be laughing all the way to the bank after Justin Jefferson signs a what is likely to be a four-year $128 million deal with $32 million per $75 million guaranteed right above Tyreek Hill? Jamar Chase. I was just about to say Jamar Chase. And you know who's going to be <laughs> who's gonna be advocating yes. and banging on the table for Jamar Chase to get signed is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, who's about to set the market as well. Who's about to reset the market for quarterbacks. So that, don't forget history, though, with the Vikings is when Stephon Diggs played there, they said, we're not paying you and traded him off. Great point. So history with the Vikings is... We're not paying you. Now, I think Justin Jefferson is doing even more than Stephon Diggs did when he was there. Correct. Stephon Diggs, clear at wide receiver one, great wide receiver. Justin Jefferson looks like he could be a generational talent at wide receiver. 
So you may this may be the one to go, hey man, we're not gonna get anybody better. That's yeah. Like we got lucky again. But at the same point, they did say Stefan Diggs, who is a number one, they were like, Cool. Let yep. someone else go pay you. Yeah. Yep. No, remember that we, we 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 talked about this at the time it was happening. We noticed the trend of inflation with the wide receivers. There are some teams that were drawing a line in the sand and saying, No, I'm not. The Cowboys were one. Right. Like, no, no, no. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep paying these wide receivers these ridiculous uh rates, uh the ridiculous prices. Uh that's another one. Minnesota, great point, Patrick. Uh the Kansas City Chiefs decided not nah, not happening. Sorry. We're going to go all in and invest on our quarterback. Yep. Uh, we're not paying a quarterback and a receiver to be the highest paid at their positions. So I think some teams are deciding, now nah, we want to invest in that wide receiver. And you know what? It was a really good investment for Buffalo. No doubt. Yeah. You know, I mean, Stephon Diggs, that was a brilliant investment by them. So it all depends. I mean, Devontae Adams for the Raiders, was that a good investment for them? Nah, it sounds I don't like know. It. Well, he he was great. No, he's fantastic he this year. Great. He's amazing. Yep. But if you're the Raiders, you part of that was Derek Carr and his relationship because they were yep. BFFs. And now you don't got Derek yep. Carr. And you gonna figure any quarterback? At least you got a good wide receiver. But was it worth it? I yep. don't know. Yeah, uh, we're gonna find out soon enough what they do next. Yeah, is what the Raiders. What are they gonna do next? Are they gonna get themselves a quarterback? Maybe Aaron Rodgers. Maybe Tom Brady. And then it may end up paying off for them. It depends on who they bring in to be that other quarterback. It's a good point. Um, and getting to Patrick's point about sometimes ownership and leadership, they decide on a lot of these extensions and these uh, record-breaking, potential record-breaking contracts. You got a cheap billionaire mm-hmm. uh, in Cincinnati Ooh. with the ownership there. Cheap. Yeah, and cheap billionaires are always problematic. You have Joe Burrow, 26 years old. He, remember, he's older. Yep. For for a con, for a quarterback nah, was, in his uh, first contract, in his first getting his sec, signing a second contract, right? But he's twenty six, so he's a little older. So I wouldn't doubt if Joe Burrow's like, no, no, I got to get my money now. Yeah, I'm signing my second contract. You know, a little later than some of these other youngsters. Like, yep. I want to, you know, I want to get my stuff now. Um, so I wonder if you start looking at things, you are you are looking at it. He's definitely going to set the market. He's already the winningest quarterback in postseason history for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. Already, yeah, in the history of the franchise. They, they didn't have a lot of success early. The fans are going to riot if you don't sign this guy. And he's it, an Ohio kid. Thank you. <laughs> even, even more so. Yeah. Yeah, man. And he's an Ohio kid. You, 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 whatever he asked for. And if he doesn't yeah. get a fully guaranteed deal, then nobody is ever, uh, outside of Deshaun Watson, going to get a fully guaranteed deal. If he Never, one. ever. I will say he's. I mean, this is the one, but he missed a full season, pretty much. He did, and he so it's. They go, all right. We well, got that reconstructed knee and all that. All right, so are we going to give you guaranteed, or are we going to go with what every single other owner is saying now, which was screw the the Browns and what they did. No one else is allowed to do that. Please, no one else get offer that contract. I can see that. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I think has happened. Collusion. Yeah, that is definitely that is the pure definition of it right mm-hmm. there. There's no way that any other quarterback that had their opportunity to get that amount of money did not sign it, starting with Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. Starting with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray should have been banging on that desk talking about guarantee. Agreed. Well, yeah, but there's all the reports of the Kyler Murray – she wanted that money, and he was like, cool, see y'all later. Yeah. I'll be back to renegotiate in a few years. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go play baseball. Still yeah. had that. No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, they had the weird, uh, yeah. that weird go stipulation study. yeah, about film study in a contract. That was strange, too. Uh, I still agree with Patrick's theory that they put that in there because they didn't want him to sign it. 
Yeah. He signed it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was a, that was a one clause, but they kept they said there was other weird clauses in there that they had yeah. to take out too cuz yeah, it just did not seem like a contract they thought was going to get signed. Yeah. And that was a negotiation point of well, we'll take that out if you don't want that more money. But we'll take this clause out and this clause out to negotiate and yep. then he just oh, pay me. Cool. Bad yep. uh, bad agents, man. So that, that was a bad agent deal right there. No question bad. about it. Um, okay, let's get to some uh, Texans news here because the Texans are still uh, looking for a head coach. And I there was some some rumors about the the Texans and um, and them essentially zeroing in on Jonathan Gannon. I know that recently they like Jonathan Gannon, the DC from the Eagles. Uh, but there has been nothing uh, that I've seen substantive that would say they've zeroed in on the candidate. Uh, there's also a another kind of more of a rumor than anything that they've already made a trade offer for Sean Payton. Oh, uh. that they're just waiting to hear uh-huh. back. That they've already said like, "Hey, man, you want a first? Then hey, we'll 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 oblige. We'll send you one of our first round picks." Remember, they got two multiple first round picks over the next uh, two years, and I think I hope that is true. That they've already made an offer. What are you waiting for? Exactly. If Sean Payton is seriously considering your organization, what are you waiting for? Send the you know send the offer to them, um, then ask him what his number is in terms, or at least his agent, what his number is, what he'd like to sign for uh, in terms of per year uh, salary, and get that in order to, and give yourself the best chance to get Sean Payton. Um, I know that it's a long shot. Uh, a lot of people are saying that Sean Payton may decide to take his name off the market period, because he doesn't like the options in this round of the coaching carousel. And I totally understand that, too, because these are not necessarily ideal spots. Right. But I think out of all of these openings right now, um, and I, by the way, uh, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said the same thing in a recent column, that the Texans are by far the most attractive for a coach like Sean Payton because he can kind of rebuild the whole damn thing in his own image. So I hope it happens, uh, but uh, right now, that's the leader for me. Let me... Right now, if I if I could say my second favorite choice for the Texans, I'd probably go with D'Amico Ryan's right now. I see. What I like behind I, Sean Payne, but Sean Payne's my my fourth. Well, he's 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 the what the whale, right? Yeah, he's the whale yeah, no that doubt. everybody's looking for. Yes, but your Moby Dick. Yeah, but I'm looking at D'Amico Ryan's the same way. I think he is very impressive. I love the way he's gone about his professional business on the sideline, being a defensive coordinator. You, I heard you talking about the fact that everybody believes that he's the next great coach that is waiting for it's his opportunity. People, yeah. So I'm down with that. I, I think that'll be a class move, mm-hmm. and, and I think people will respond to that. Yeah, yeah. We, and, and I'll, say, I'll say this. I think I'm with you, Harge, and I'd love to see that. From reports, and this is just reports, and you never know what that stuff, it seems that if Casario gets to make the hire, it's going to be Gannon. Yeah, he and if Cal McNair makes a hire, it's Sean Payton. Oh, I, you know what? I hope Cal McNair makes the hire then. But if, that's what it's because Casario doesn't want to hire Sean Payton because he, he's because he, he's done. He he's knows done he's now. done. So, but he if Dead he makes a hire, he walking. wants to bring his guy where he's now the leader of this franchise and he's the leadership. Sean Payton is the leadership if he comes in. Yeah. So that's but it just seems like if you go that way, Gannon has seemed like the guy that they're that Casario really likes. I agree with that. And Casario is making the decision. So if if it's not Sean Payton. Casario is the only one that really talks to Cal McNair anyway, right? He's no. he's going to make what he said. This is what he said. He said he's going to make the recommendation, what's best for the team, What, like you said, what's best yep. for him. Yeah, yep. <laughs> exactly. Then Cal McNair is going to, based on that recommendation, he's going to make his choice uh, yeah. what the hire should be. But it will be largely based on the recommendation, yes. I believe. Yeah. So you're right, Jonathan Gannon, he liked Jonathan Gannon last year, though. 
Yeah. He was a big John. You said Jonathan Gannon was a finalist last season. And Jonathan Gannon won't discuss his head coaching interviews anymore. He has said, I'm not discussing that anymore. So apparently he's tired of asking answering questions about uh-huh. it. At least during the playoffs. At least during the playoffs. Yeah, there you uh-huh. go. Um, but I, I, I'll say this. I, I read these yesterday, too, uh, just really quick. I know we're up against it. But, yeah, if you go back and do research about D'Amico Ryans, there are numerous stories or throughout the years of coaches, even before he is now being considered to be a head coach, saying he's got what it takes to be a head coach in the NFL. Yep. In uh, 2017, when Shannon first took the job and brought him in as a quality control coach, uh, Kyle Shanahan um, said uh, that he predicted D'Amico Rounds would be a head coach at that time. Yep. This is when he brought him in as a quality control guy. He said, uh, quote, it's a matter of time before D'Amico is a coordinator in this league. Then he hired him as yep. a coordinator. And then he said, uh, he knew that. Yeah, he said <laughs> and then it's just a matter of time before he's a head coach in this league. Remember, Shano knew him as a player going back to when he was an OC with the Texans, and he was a middle linebacker for the Texans at the time. And speaking of that time with the Texans, Matt Schaub, Schaub Job, who was the quarterback back then, said he remembers being hounded by D'Amico Ryans as a young player trying to get clues as to what the mm-hmm. offense was trying to achieve. He said, quote, in the locker room, in the mill room, on the field, on the side, when our reps are over, he said, I, he, said um, he, he would ask me often, hey, I saw this formation. Is this something we should look for off of that, like a play action or something? He always wanted to visualize because defense looks at things from an offensive formations. So even Matt Schaub said, yep. man, this dude was always obsessed with learning about the game from my side of view, from the uh, offensive side of, uh, side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Schaub said he would predict when he was handing off the ball and when he was faking the handoff for a play-action pass by the behavior and by the posture of Schaub's offhand. It was the sort of behavior that made former Texans nose tackle Sean Cody. He called Ryan's uh, the coach on the field. He said they used to call him Cap. As in El Capitan, as their captain uh, for coach. Here's a good story about Bill Davis, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles when D'Amico Ryans was there. He told Jim Trotter um, that he would build two, he would install two defensive game plans every week. One for when D'Amico Ryans would play and one if D'Amico Ryans didn't play. And the one game plan with D'Amico Ryan's install with him as the, the middle linebacker, he said basically he would just let him make all the adjustments and make all the checks and make all the audibles. But when he wasn't in there, that's basically when he would take more ownership of the defense. He said D'Amico is so talented, he will go to the next level and be a phenomenal head coach in this league because of the way he handles himself on a day-to-day basis. He said that back in the day when he was coaching D'Amico Ryan's. So you got Shannon saying it. He's the coordinator saying it. How about this Chip Kelly when he coached him with the Philadelphia Eagles? I mean, Chip Kelly moved on to to coach the San Francisco 49ers. In his bio, when they asked him all the little weird, uh, just kind of quirky questions like favorite food, favorite movie, best football name, uh, et cetera, they asked him also what player would make a great head coach, former or current. He said D'Amico Ryans. He said it wouldn't surprise me if D'Amico became president, actually. Uh. There you go. That's what he said about D'Amico Ryans. So it, 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 whether you look, I mean, and actually Chip Kelly's nickname for him was, uh, was actually Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> said he was the king of the jungle. There it he is. You call him that. And Jordan Hicks, strange enough, this links to a lifetime long run Jordan Hicks. He was drafted by the Eagles uh, in his rookie years, the year, the same year D'Amico Ryans got hurt. 
He actually uh, tore his, ruptured his Achilles that year. And Jordan Hicks credits D'Amico Ryans for basically teaching him everything that he uh, he knows about playing the linebacker position in the NFL. No ego. He, he took him under his wing, just taught no him ego. everything. No ego. It's a great point. Yeah. Yep. So I, D'Amico Ryans, the more research I do on him, the more I'm starting to believe. And a former Texan, that yep. he's my second choice yeah. behind Sean Payton, of course. Yep. And that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, yeah. Sean has been that dude, but D'Amico is – I'm coming. He's coming. We coming. We coming. We coming. Like Colorado like football. Time. That's right. We coming. <laughs> uh, I like that. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll talk about some uh, Longhorn news, notes, and nuggets. Uh, we got A.D. Mitchell uh, entering the transfer portal and possibly considering Texas. Also, we'll talk about some Longhorns getting some love before the NFL draft. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on on the Horn. Right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie based on the song selections uh, my man Patrick plays. Uh, we're basically supposed to be able to guess based on the clues and hints uh, from those songs what the new theme of the day is. Uh, my man Hards was close. He was he was right there. He was, he was near the area code, uh, getting close to the zip code, but he didn't quite get it. But it's a king theme celebrating uh, Martin Luther King uh, Jr., his birthday, also his Martin Luther King's holiday uh, this week, and Original Kings of Comedy was actually the featured movie on Midweek Movie Music Edition of Ball Don't Lie. So I wanted to continue the King theme, and I understand that. So uh, my man Patrick, shout out to him, the ideal unaire. I want to get to this A.D. Mitchell story in case we uh, run out of time here because that's the buzz uh, on social media and the buzz via the Twitterverse is that uh, the – the uh, wide receiver from Georgia who has just entered the transfer portal. It is official. A.D. Mitchell is in the transfer portal, as my man Harge mentioned in his Harge Knock Life. If you missed it, I would encourage you to go check it out. It was fantastic. Uh, but he, he talked about the transfer portal and all the numbers because now it's officially closed for this cycle of the transfer portal. But now before A.D. Mitchell, a wide receiver from Georgia who is from the great state of Texas, entered his name to the transfer portal. And there are a lot of people that believe, Harge, that he may be uh, looking at Texas as one of his top targets Texas and USC, apparently the front runners to acquire his services. Yeah, he's a special type of player, but a lot of times when you get these kids that go into the transfer portal, they uh, they start looking around and trying to get closer to home. Maybe it's a family issue. Maybe there's something else that's going on. And and just think about it. I mean, you, you're playing on a team that just won back-to-back national championships. You pretty much you you've achieved the goals that you needed at the, at a certain school, and now it's time for you to go somewhere else. And and him being able to enter the transfer portal, but it it also provides Texas if this is where he ends up, because there's other schools I'm sure are going to be vying for his services. If he does end up at the University of Texas, we had a tough time finding that third wide receiver. This past year, you're bringing mm-hmm. back Jordan Whittington. Yep. You're bringing back X-Man Xavier Worthy, which is another part of that transfer portal. That means that he's not going anywhere because he would have had to put his name in it because it closed as well. Good point. So you start looking around and saying, OK, then you got Isaiah Nayor that's still going to be a part of this. You're going to have somebody in there, Savion Red, Casey Kane. You got to mm-hmm. now you just added more depth into that wide receiver room into a place where, like I said, that third wide receiver never really took off, never really took 
took shape. Mm-hmm. The other part of that is if you do get them, you still have to bring in another wide receivers coach. You still have that entity that needs to be filled as well. So there's a lot that's going on at the University of Texas, possibly at the University of Texas. But his name is one that I've heard has been linked to the University of Texas. Yeah, um, he also, uh, not only from Houston area originally, uh, and spent his freshman and sophomore year there before moving to the state of Tennessee. Um, And there he spent his junior and senior year, became one of the highest ranked and highly recruited receivers in the country, did get an offer from Texas and a lot of other major Power 5 programs, end up choosing Georgia, had 38 career receptions, actually actually started several games his true freshman year. So you're talking about a high-level talent, 6'3", around 195. I believe he's in an Isaiah Nayor insurance policy, we know Isaiah Nayura last year coming in. There were big uh, expectations for him, big plans for him within the offense. He did have the injury. You never know how a player is going to come back from an injury. Remember, right. everybody thought Troy Amir was getting starting reps Man. with the first team as a true freshman. He gets injured back-to-back years, now in the transfer portal. Yeah. It's just really hard to come back from injury. So they don't know how he's going to come back, uh, Isaiah Nayor. So I think this is an insurance policy just in case he needs a little bit more time to get back to his old form. He was going to be the deep threat. Xavier Worthy was going to be the featured wide receiver. Right. You were going to have your slot wide receiver, your slot guy in Jay Witt, and they didn't even really uh, count on JT Sanders becoming a force, a force multiplier, which he has become. So I, I think they want a deep threat, and it, hopefully this guy, A.D. Mitchell, if not Isaiah New York, can fulfill that role because when they try to pigeonhole and typecast Xavier Worthy to be both the deep threat and the featured wide receiver, that burden forced his game uh, to regress, and I think they want to unburden him this year. Yeah, let him try to fly underneath the radar. I mean, you're never going to be that under-the-radar guy because you are X-Man. Mm-hmm. You, you've you yep. already established yourself as a certain type of player, but you still need to make sure that you are living up to whatever role has been asked of you, and now you got some help. Now you got a lot of help. I thought you had help with Jay, Jay Witt. That might have been something that was either Quinn Ewers' fault or it was Sark's fault. One of the two, because it goes back to what we've been talking about. You can't have them both. Mm-hmm. You can't be mad at both. Was no. it Quinn yours trying to be just focusing on what X-Man was doing because he knew he had big play capabilities and he loved to drop them bombs? Or was mm-hmm. it the fact that Sark was trying so hard to feature him as that wide receiver? So some of that stuff just didn't add up. It didn't. I totally agree. And I always agree with your take that Jay Witt's been underutilized. So I think all this goes back to the regression of the passing game. Yep. All right. And what is Sark going to do to address the regression in the passing game and make sure that this year you don't have further regression? And part of that is having a fail-safe insurance policies in the wide receiver room. Uh, that's the AD mission. Remember last year they tried this too? Isaiah yep. Hall, yep. Uh, Tariq Milton from Iowa State. Uh, none of those. Isaiah Nayor, another transfer, didn't really work out for them. They're hoping this year that those contributions uh, from those acquisitions will actually help the passing game. And, you know, to your point about utilizing Jay Whitmore and utilizing JT Sanders even more, even though he's a first-team all-conference tight end. You know, we talk a lot about positionless football, and yes, Shanahan majors in it. His whole entire blueprint is built around it. But you don't have to major in positionless football to be able to utilize certain concepts and elements from it. And right. I think for guys like JT Sanders and Jay Witt, his experience expansive, versatile skill set, uh, I think Sark should 
you know, steal some of those concepts and principles about positionless football because it'll help you be able to find advantageous matchups for those guys uh, a lot of the time, especially guys like JT and Jay Witt. You can those guys can move all around the board in the backfield, slot, outside. Uh, that can be really tough, a headache for opposing defenses. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll wrap this thing up, put it in there, and let you know what's on tap for us right here on Ball Don't Lie. One for the horn. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is- Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, But before we get out here, we'll let you know what's on tap for us. Oh, matter of fact, what's on tap next before we get out of here. uh, Let you know what's on tap coming up next. Don't go anywhere because we have Longhorn Weekly. That's right. With head coach Rodney Terry. That's right. RT, baby. Uh, I cannot wait for this one, actually. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, oh, Patrick, who else is going to be on the show? Dylan DeSue will Boom. be the player guest on the show as well. Nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to go watch that live, it's happening live. Right it, yes, it'll be Pluckers in about seven minutes. So yeah. you still got time. You're hanging out. You want to Pluckers go down on Rio Grande. That's there right. Where they do it, and they do it every Thursday. So you'll be able to go down there. Get don't make don't make it this week. You can make it next week. All right. Yes, I love that. So uh, West Campus Pluckers live uh, Longhorn Weekly with head coach Rodney Terry. Really excited about that. All right, what you got on tap? Harsh? I'm gonna go to the crib, get a recap of my son's basketball game. They won again tonight, so I'll get the recap of that, and then I'm gonna watch a little bit more basketball. Ah, that's gonna be a beautiful thing. I'm gonna go yeah. start watching one of my favorite. Shows Hunters. It's like an Al Pacino show oh. on Amazon. It's about them hunting Nazis. Come on, oh, man. I, I still need to start Tulsa King. Everybody keeps telling oh. me about Tulsa King. I need to start it. Sylvester Stallone. Yes. Yes, on Paramount. Yes. Yes, I want to watch it. I have not started, but yeah, I, heard, I, heard I need to start things. that too. Patrick. Uh, what, Patrick, what you got on tap? Uh, basketball, probably. You know, As always. just standard. That's why, I love That's why I love my man Patrick, man. Until we start watching, he's always watching for Already. us. Already. Uh, I want to thank all you guys out there for listening and all your participation. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We're talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. But more importantly, take care of each other. Low One Weekly coming up next with Rodney Terry, head coach of the men's basketball team. Yeah, and yeah. Craig Wade, voice of the Low Horns. Peace. Peace.